house. We thank you for your many blessings. We are so thankful and grateful that tonight we can um, kick off our Awana clubs again. Lord, we just ask you to bless the workers in Awana and all the children across the street in the Christian Education Building, that uh, you would just uh, be preeminent in all of our services. May you be glorified. And if there are any in any of our services that have never trusted you as their Lord and Savior, may today they come to the knowledge that they are sinners and that they need you. May they turn from their sin and turn to you and believe in you and what you did on the cross of Calvary to save them. Lord, we just pray as we go through your word that you would open the scriptures up to us, that you would teach us from your word, that you would be glorified, that our hearts would just uh, burst with love for you and a dedication to you. Lord, I, I ask you to fill me with your spirit, that you would enable me to preach this message. And uh, Lord, most importantly, most importantly, we want your great name to be magnified. And I just pray, God, that you would do something incredible in and through us, that you are glorified, that you are magnified. You're, we love you, and we worship you this evening. And, Lord, I cannot at all even begin to teach without your help. So help me, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen. Amen. All right, thank you. Isaiah chapter 35. This is an interesting passage of Scripture because I want to just take you on a little journey through the Scriptures in just a moment. Do you know that when Adam fell in the garden, that the ground was cursed because of Adam's sake? Now, we look out and we see all the creation, and we think the creation is beautiful. But there's parts of creation that are the way they are because of the fall of Adam. The fall of Adam not only touched men and women, but it also touched the creation. Uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 22 tells us, that the whole creation groans. Uh, in Luke chapter 19 and verse 40, I, think, I love this. Jesus is coming down. You know he's coming uh, to, for the triumphal entry. And the people are shouting, Hosanna. And they look to Jesus and they say, Jesus, tell these disciples of yours to keep quiet. And he said, if I tell them to keep quiet, even the rocks will cry out. So, Creation has experienced the fall just as we have experienced the fall. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 17, cursed is the ground because of your sake, because of your sin. When Adam sinned, the ground was cursed. And he said, by the sweat of your brow, you'll work all the days of your life, and thorns and thistles. If you ever have been hunting and a thorn bush gets a hold of you and doesn't let go, that is a result of the fall of Adam. Weeds in your garden. How many of you have weeds? I mean, I don't know about you all, but I'm quite astute at growing weeds. And so, but you have weeds. Okay. And so the point I'm trying to make is tornadoes, hurricanes, flooding, all these what they call acts of God, they are a result of the fall of Adam. They're a result of the fall of Adam. These phenomena never took place in the Garden of Eden. And these phenomena will never take place in the millennial reign of Christ. Jesus Christ will not only restore His people when He restores His kingdom, 
or when he establishes his kingdom, I should say, but he will also restore the creation. Isaiah gives us this vivid picture of how wonderful it will be when Christ comes and restores his, his beautiful creation. Now, I, I know you and I are thinking about this, and I love to, to look at creation. I love to see a sunset. I love to be outside. I love the wilderness. Amy and I, when we were uh, younger, when they used to have the super conference at Liberty, every fall we would take off and we would go to the super conference. And one of my favorite drives was driving down to Lynchburg, Virginia, down through the mountains when the leaves were changing colors. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. But may I say to you, as beautiful as that scenery is, it pales in comparison to the beauty of the restored kingdom. It is going to be magnificent. It's going to be magnificent. So let's, let's look in verse 1 and let's just look, work through this re- restoration of the creation in the kingdom. Verse 1 of chapter 35, The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. As the rose. It's interesting to note in here that all of these barren wastelands, uh, have you ever watched a program, I don't know if anyone here has ever been in a desert, but if you've watched the programs of the desert of the guy trekking through the desert and all there is is sand and it's heat and there's death and there's nothing alive in the desert and it's just a barren place. Well, according to the scriptures, those desert barren lands will rejoice and they will blossom as a rose. As is a simile, it's making a comparison. The beauty of a rose, it's saying that the desert will be as a beauty, the beauty of a rose. Um, not only will that take place, but the wilderness, and we think of the wilderness as uh, kind of, uh, you know, Robin Hood back in Sherwood, uh, Nottingham, and, and the weeds and the, all that. The wilderness in the Bible was more kind of like desert conditions. And the wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them. You say, well, how can the land be glad? I will tell you how they'll be glad because they're going to be renewed. This is not some mystical thing that people are looking at and saying, you know, and, and there are skeptics who say this is hogwash, this is crazy. But I will tell you this. This earth was beautiful before the fall. As a matter of fact, as much as I cannot stand serpents, the serpent was an upright and a beautiful creation. Everything God created was good. It was beautiful. And so the curse of man, the fall of man, has affected all of that beauty. The serpent was cursed. It was no longer an upright creature on the belly. And it would breathe out dust in its nostrils. Whenever I see a serpent, I think of the devil. I know some people like them, and they put them in their house. They ain't right. I'm just telling you. That ain't good grammar, but it, it gets the point across. But it all will be made new. Look at verse 2. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice. It, what it? The land. The rocks are crying out. The land will rejoice even with joy and singing. Isn't that amazing? How could creation sing? God created it. And when it is renewed, it's going to be 
something. It's going to be something. You won't find McDonald's containers, beer cans, cigarette butts lying around everywhere. You won't see that in the kingdom. And some of them are saying, thank God, hallelujah, right? I'm convinced that McDonald's encourages people to throw down. It's free advertising for them, I guess. Every time I cut grass, I think, my goodness, does not anybody that drink beer throw their cans in the garbage? I go along the road at 140 picking up beer cans, and someone comes to my house and sees in the garage there's beer cans. I have a pastor out there drinking beer. No, I'm picking them up off 140. And so this is a phenomenon. It, it shall blossom abundantly. Blossom. An abundance of flowers. It represents beauty, singing and joy. It represents a peaceful, wonderful, happy place, a time. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. Lebanon is known in the Old Testament as a place of beauty. The cedars of Lebanon. Remember when he was building, uh, Solomon was building the temple? He got the finest trees. Where those trees come from? Lebanon, the excellence of Carmel, Mount Carmel. Was that not the place where uh, <clears throat> God sent fire from heaven? The excellence of Carmel and Sharon. These are all place of marked beauty in the Old Testament. And the deserts, the deserted places, shall be like them, fertile, plush, green. And get this, they shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. Who's they? No one has been mentioned. No people groups have been mentioned in this chapter. Who's they? The creation. Creation will acknowledge the glory of God. Isn't that amazing? It's wonderful. So, he turns from that creation to this creation. What does he say about it? Well, he says in verse 3, Strengthen the weak hands. This thought that Isaiah is given, giving here is so remarkable that it should strengthen those who are weak. Those who are weak in their faith, this would strengthen them and make firm the feeble knees, the, the, literally the knocking knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. What Isaiah is saying is, listen, with this news of this renewed creation, it's going to strengthen the weak, it's going to encourage those with weak knees, those are feeble. It's going to encourage the feeble. And it's going to strengthen the fearful. It's going to give them courage. This news, what news? The news, look here. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. The news is this. What is the thing that is going to spark this renewal of the creation. Is it not the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? In chapter 34, he went at length to show what would happen at the end of the tribulation period. And immediately following that is the second coming of Christ. 
Behold, your God will come with vengeance. He will come and save you. This news is the news that strengthens the weak, that that makes firm the feeble, that takes the fear-hearted and gives them courage, that incites them to praise the Lord. For the Lord is coming. And when he comes, it's going to be so miraculous that all of creation is going to be changed. And people say, well, this is hard to believe. It's, it's in the Bible. Either you believe it or you don't. If you believe that God created the heavens and earth, why in the world would you have a hard time believing that he could remake it back to the beauty it was? Verse 5. He turns from them to the wondrous creation he made, the humans. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer. Do you know what he is saying? That when Jesus comes, man will not have to deal with physical handicaps. Anybody... Wake up in the morning and it's a chore to get out of bed and everything hurts and places you didn't even know existed hurts. Not so in the kingdom. Not so in the kingdom. The tongue of the dumb shall sing. Um, Obviously he's talking about one that can't speak. I know some dummies that can't sing. Um, That's not the context. However, those who could not speak. What he is saying is, There will be no physical handicaps in the kingdom. Why is there physical handicaps today? Because of the sin. Curse. Do you not see that the the resolution of the curse is the coming of the king, the creator, the one who's the sustainer? He's the one that makes all things new. He was the one that made the lame to walk in the New Testament. He was the one that touched the eyes of the blind and they were able to see. He will do this in the kingdom. And I love this. And the tongue of the dumb shall sing for water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. He turns from man and now he starts talking about water. What's all this water? What's all this water? Notice the references to water. And water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The parched Ground shall become a pool. That ground that was in drought conditions will become a pool of living water. Was it not Jesus that said, If you drink this water that I give, it shall spring up into you an everlasting well of water. There's only one kind of water. This will not be putrid Water that is contaminated. This will be fresh water. What does man need to live? Water. You can go a long time without eating. I think they said 21 days without eating. But you can't go 21 days without drinking water. Streams in the desert. The parched, drought-stricken earth will become a pool. The thirsty lands will become springs of water. Barren lands will become plush 
and green. Look at verse 7. The parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of jackals where each lay, there shall be grass <coughs> Excuse me, with reeds and rushes. Man, this is phenomenal. Earth is going to be the way he created it before the fall. And just so you know, in verse 8, there will be a highway there, and the road will be called the highway of holiness. No one unclean will pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. You'll walk this road, but you don't have to worry about being lost. Has anyone ever really been lost? It's not fun. I've been lost a time or two, and uh, I learned when you're lost, trust your equipment. If you have a compass, don't think your compass is not working correctly because that's not the way it should be. You trust the compass, and there's a message in there, too. This is the compass of life. Trust it. Trust it. And he says, you don't ever have to worry about being lost. No lion shall be there. Nor shall any ravenous beast go upon it. It's interesting. Adam and Eve, and all of the animals that were in the garden, they never had to worry about a lion eating them. Did you ever think about that? Until the fall. Until the fall. <clears throat> you say, well, they weren't there. You don't know that. You weren't there either. <laughs> There's a, a magnificent picture here that there will be not only a place where there's no handicaps, it'll be a place of living water, a place of, of beauty, but it'll also be a place where there's no fear of predators. You won't have to, young ladies won't have to and you're in Walmart now, and you come out of Walmart and, Walmart, and it's dark, and you're running, and you hurry to your car, and you get in your car and shut the door, and you feel like someone's following you or something. You won't have to worry about that in the kingdom. There should be no ravenous beast found there. <clears throat> but watch this. But the redeemed shall walk there. The redeemed shall walk there. It's funny because... We put so much emphasis today on transportation. We live in a time where if we have to walk anywhere, I mean, you, you think, I see people parking illegally all the time at Walmart or at anywhere just so they don't have to walk four paces more. And you can't pull into a parking space because there's a buggy right there and two paces, spaces over, there's a buggy corral and they won't put it in the buggy corral. Because we don't want to walk. But in the kingdom, Ford, Chevy is not going to matter. Hyundai, whatever it's called. None of that's going to matter. We're going to, you, you're going to be walking in what we call LPC, leather personnel carriers. It's called your boots or your shoes. It's what we called them in the army. You'll walk, but you won't mind to walk. Why? Because it'll be a road of holiness. All this man-made stuff will be nothing in the kingdom. Why? Because it's man-made stuff. It won't matter in the kingdom. 
all the things that are renewed is what God's made. All the things that man's made will be gone. I'm hoping the Lord comes back before everybody has to have electric cars. Because I can't afford to buy an electric car. Can I have an amen? And so the redeemed will walk there on the highway of holiness. But notice what else, verse 10. Where does this highway lead to? I've often said that in Scioto County, all roads lead to Minford, literally. All roads lead to Minford. You can literally get anywhere you want in Minford. You can go any road, and I'm not going to take you there. If they quit doing construction, we could get there quicker, but it seems like <clears throat> all the progress that's going in Minford, you'd think that it's the most important city in I know we're not a city, but we ought to be. But notice this, verse 10, And the ransom road of the Lord shall return. Return where? And come to Zion. What's Zion? Jerusalem. Why Jerusalem? Because I believe Jerusalem is where the Garden of Eden was. Some people think it was in Babylon, and they can have that thought. And the reason they think in Babylon is because they take in the Old Testament and read the rivers. There's only one river. If you go back and read it clearly in Genesis, there's only one river that leads through it. And do you know that there's a river that runs immediately under Jerusalem? And there have been Israeli special forces that have swam that, scuba dived that river. One river that all the tributaries flow into. Notice they will go to Zion, Jerusalem, with singing. When I was on the bus, excuse me, when I was on the bus in Israel, and we were going to old Jerusalem, old city of Jerusalem. We were going up the hill on the bus. And we had a, a Jewish tour guide. And they were singing that song, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. I mean, the whole bus was singing it because they were going up to that city. He didn't even believe in Jesus Christ. He believes there was a Messiah, but Jesus is not the Messiah. He was just our tour guide. But he was singing that song with us, Jerusalem by the Gaithers that sang it. And they were singing that song on the bus. And it always makes me think of this, and every time I see that, when you're going up to Zion, to Jerusalem, with singing, there's something about that city that makes you want to sing. I'll tell you why. Because it was the psalmist said that it was the Lord that poured me out of the miry clay, set my foot on a rock, and established my goings. He put a new song in my heart. For the first time in our lives, we won't battle the flesh. Christ will be preeminent. And all of his beauty will be displayed in creation. It will finally, once and for all, be declared. All creation will praise his name. With everlasting joy on their heads, they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Israel will return home on the highway of holiness. They won't have to worry about predators. They won't have to worry about anyone. They'll march right into the city where the king has his throne and all of creation will have been made new. I don't know about you, but that is wonderful. That excites me. The physical body, the effects of physical creation, everything will be perfect for those who believe. That's the best news ever. No potholes. Hallelujah, right? None of that will exist. 
I think about this wonderful promise in Scripture. When Christ comes at the second coming to establish his kingdom, and he sets up his kingdom upon this earth, every part of creation will be made new. It will be touched. He will be worshipped. Satan will be bound. He will be worshipped. And the thought that Satan's bound is, can I say hallelujah? When I see this in the passage of Scripture, and guys, listen to me. If we could ever, if we could ever just dwell on the goodness of God, just focus upon the glory of Jesus Christ. If we could just long for those promises. If we could just set our affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. Everything down here, moth is going to eat. Rust is going to corrupt. It's going to fade away. It's going to fade away. But tonight when you drive home and you see these mountains, or mountains, hills, and you see the leaves are starting to change colors, and you drive by a barren tree, and you see that tree that in the winter, maybe later in the winter when all the leaves are gone, and you look at that old dead tree, 